Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. Most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. But on this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Deborah Burns, author, speaker, and fellow refugee from the once glamorous world of magazine publishing, where she served as brand leader for titles such as Elle Girl, Metropolitan Home, and Elle Decor, as well as Chief Innovation Officer. She's an author, having written one of my favorite memoirs, Saturday's Child, and today she helps both brands and executives invent and reinvent themselves. And her second book, Authorize It, Think Like a Writer to Win at Work and Life, is out this month, and we're going to talk about it because you know I believe everyone should think like a writer, all of which is to say, welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much. That was a great intro. Love the word hustle because everything in life is a hustle. <laughs> right. <For> sure. <laughs> Uh, And I'm so happy to be with you. You're one of my faves as well. And this is an interesting premise and show. And I hope to have a a fascinating discussion led by you. (laughs) Well, okay. So to that end, at the Breadwinners, you know, we use our own stories to illustrate, you know, what we're thinking about and to better understand you know, we're always using stats and then we build a story around those stats as we try to interpret what it means. And so I love that that's what your new book is underscoring. It's about the approach of thinking like a writer, knowing how to do it, though. I know how to do it because I've spent a long time trying to figure out how it is. I want to know why you think the outsiders, the non-writers among us should learn this, this muscle, how they flex it, what they do. What is it? Tell me, tell, and how do you communicate it to them? I'll start with the end note of your question. And really, whoever tells the best story wins. And, and so for sure, <laughs> this, this is the culmination of a very serendipitous journey and a real light bulb epiphany moment for me. And thank you for listing some of the, the credits from a career in magazine media. Remember them? Oh my God, I know. (laughs) You know, I kind of sat on top of the implosion of content and the traditional print world and finding a path in the new digital world. And as all of that was going on, I had this notion to write a book. And kind of Mm -hmm. underneath that business and strategy heart, there was always a writer's heart quietly beating, sometimes so quietly, I didn't necessarily even know it was beating. But around the time of immense change and then change in my life, when the, the company was sold, I could not get this notion to write about my relationship with my very unconventional, larger than life mother. And that creative journey took seven years alongside wow. of, a, of a big career. And then once the company was sold, I created my own company and clients, as you're aware of. Yep. And this book was in and out of a draw and full of twists and turns and pivots and 
failures and successes all along the way until it was finally published. But one of the things I began to realize as I was writing it is that even though I had skill writing, I was a different kind of writer. I was a journalism major in school. I ended up on the business side of magazines as a marketing person. So I was wired for the headline or the essence of whatever idea it was that I was expressing to take it down to that essence and help people see it, want it, and come along for the ride. But writing a book was a whole another way to tell a story. I had to unfold something. You know, my tendency would be, I don't need to write a book. I'll write a prologue or a preface. (laughs) And I'll sum it all up in a page and that's the story. But it could not empathize more with that statement right there. Yep. What do we do when we're in that? There there was an innate writing capacity that I had but it was wrong for what I wanted to do. Right, right. And so I had to learn and learn I did. Like I immersed myself into the literary world, into storytelling and story structure. And when I did, I was amazed. There's so much wisdom in this world, but 98% of us, are not going to go through the emotional torture of writing a book. So they don't know it. Yeah. And I began to see after I finished my story and then began marketing the book and Mm -hmm. getting invited into different venues and events and companies to talk about the creative process that I realized I had discovered something that I could channel for other people. And that was the epiphany moment. And it came when I wrote this article for Thrive Global, where in it, I had to put leadership lessons. And I was like, oh my God, what could I possibly say about leadership? If you Google it, you get 2 million results. Everything you ever want to know about is out there. (laughs) And I said, you know, I will tie it to what I learned, despite having been a chief innovation officer, despite working with so many brands and ideas. Here are five things I never knew until I wrote a book. And that, like putting that line in the sand and coming up with those five lessons and thinking them through and taking the creative journey and applying it to business strategy and business storytelling, I knew I had something. And it set me down a new path, which is yielding the book that actually is publishing in April and a companion course that's going to be on LinkedIn Learning around the same time. And it led to virtual workshops that I teach to employees to energize teams and help them tell the stories they need to tell as every business and every business conversation is changing dramatically. Yeah. 
And it has given me a whole new platform. And if you asked me a year ago, what are you going to do next after you wrote this book? I would have said, Jennifer, I don't really know, but I know I'm going to be at it every day. And we'll see. You know, well, A, I love that when you stepped back into your previous way of, you know, like, give me a headline that took the lessons that you had learned Mm -hmm. with the memoir and went, oh, wait, you know, like, let me signpost another way I could go. Like, it's, it's accumulative is my Mm -hmm. point, you know, that you're, the skills you had come up with tied to your new skills, give you this new book. And you know what? Thank you for helping me see it that way, because I had to unlearn my writing style to be able to write the book. But then afterward to create this, my original style is what I needed to make it make sense for everyone else and and bring it to the headlines and the lessons and bring them to life. Because now I'm back to that original type of writing. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> well, so when you told me about the new book coming, I was like, well, that's interesting. Boy, she's really like going down the writer path. But the two books are so different. You know, one is one, a memoir, you know, like digging sure. and, and telling the story. And then, you know, the skill-based leadership lesson. And now I get it. I get how the road forks and how it like... Or it's not a fork. Yeah. It comes back together. It's, it's like, like Dorothy's, it's my, my Rudy slippers. I came back. Yeah, I love it. And then you go off on an adventure again. You're on a new adventure now. Well, I love right it. now I'm recovering from this adventure. So I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I want to go on another one right now. <laughs> well, okay. So now I love that you've learned like, because I think the whole book writing process is so scary, so unknowable to those of us who haven't written one. So what have you learned, oh, Sherpa, of the Think Like a Writer? What are some of the skills that are inherent to writers that you're bringing to people who don't know? Well, because I've kind of pillared them or bucketed them, writers innately understand the components of the narrative arc. And stories imitate life because life reflects stories. And so if you understand the narrative arc, you can see how it applies to your life and your career. And, you know, everything can be boiled down, which writers all know, into four cycles. There are as many as 17 parts. But again, since the people who are reading this are not planning to write an epic, but to live an epic life and career. I take it down to four. And if you understand them, you're much more prepared and much less fearful. And the four cycles are shift. These are my titles, but shift. Something changes in the landscape. Mm. Instability. That's more about the change and the goal that change kicks off you're in unfamiliar terrain yeah, and it's unstable. You're a little out of your comfort zone. And then there's darkness. Guess what? It always, always, always gets worse as you get into the mood of anything. And that sounds depressing, but if Mm -hmm. you understand it and you understand why it's happening, you just don't fear it. If you can embrace it, 
and see that it's leading to your own evolution because you enter the four cycles different from how you emerge. And that's the point of it all. And then after the darkness is a period of light with some sort of personal transformation and story. Right. And you can apply the narrative arc to work and a part of every narrative arc, which writers innately know and have to know as they write their stories, is there's a quest, there's an intentional quest of some sort. So grabbing a hold of what your quest is is critically important. And a story is made up of actions and reactions and response to the action. Yeah. And writers understand that. And if you can make readers of this book or takers of the workshops understand their role in their own story, they can take the reins of it much more than if they didn't understand it. And they can see how their response to the plot points and the action of their lives is one of the most critical determinants of their success, how they respond, how they act and how they react. So that's number one. Yeah, I'm laughing because I I think of all the ways I've responded poorly in those meetings, but yes. (laughs) But understanding these principles it's it really is. a secret power, isn't it? It's, it's, it is. It's like a secret power. And then another lesson that writers innately understand is understand your characters. So you're surrounded mm-hmm. by people at work and understanding who they are, their perspective, and the role they play for you, mentor, antagonist. We all have antagonists, but yeah. antagonists in a, are critical to a story. And antagonists will always teach you something about yourself that you wouldn't have known otherwise. So don't resist. You know, you have to go with the flow of the story and react in the appropriate way. But understand understand (laughs) that you're going to have antagonists in your life. And actually, they're good for you. And then what writers know is that the character you most need to understand is yourself. And that's why they spend the most time on the protagonist or the hero, another way of saying the hero or the heroine of the story. And you are the, I'll just call it the H because we have male listeners and female listeners. And so I call it the H. You're the H of your own life. And understanding how sometimes you're in your own way is critically important to your success. Mm. And a part of that, another lesson is writers understand the need for conflict. It's a part of every story. You have a quest, you have a protagonist or an H on the path towards something. But if there's no conflict, if there's not something in the way of achieving it, right, then you did achieve. Yeah, that's a good point. And understanding, just like with antagonists, the necessity of obstacles to get you to a higher level is just critically important to career success. And then the final two are the the power of the unconventional and the counterintuitive, because if you can see the ending coming in a story, you're bored. So writers innately think about 
surprise and the unexpected and doing something unconventional. And that's what helps you to flip your script yeah. at work and, you know, stepping into the unknown. If the heroine or hero of a story does not leave part of themselves behind and enter new territory, again, it's not a story. You have to be on a path of kind of lifelong learning and discovery and letting curiosity drive your, your conversations and your interests because that's where the new awaits. And we're living in a time where the new is more important than ever because the traditional way of doing things is no longer enough. Yeah. Do you think that, like, because I know exactly what you're saying, because I live it all the time and you have me be thinking, like, do I bring enough of these skills to bear? You know, you, know, you, you can get kind of lazy with them when they're, it's so innate. You know, yeah, for the right nature to you. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, I, because I'm thinking of a, a presentation I made last week and I'm thinking, oh, I should have really like noted how unconventional this idea was. And I was, you know, like I'm thinking, you know, of course, it's always about me because I'm the hero in my own journey. But, of course, uh, you <laughs> but, you know, at work, you're the, the age of your own life, mm-hmm. but at work, you're a supporting character. Right. Right. And it's really not about you. It's yeah. about the greater good, your job, and the company. So seeing it that way and understanding how you fit into that, even for a writer like yourself, where the principles are second nature, there still needs to be tools and check-ins to make sure that you're presenting your idea in a way that's going to grab attention, in a yeah. way that's going to make whoever is the audience for that presentation that you did say, oh my God, to to know immediately what the stakes are, Mm -hmm. to have a hair on fire moment. And if you think about it, you know, even if I can help a fantastic writer see some of what I'm talking about, you know, when you're reading a book, the first 10 pages have got to do something for you right right away. Like there has to be a now because everybody's got the attention span of a gnat. (laughs) You know, it has to happen in the first page. So that kind of micro editing to make that inciting incident happen and the mystery of it and, you know, to continue to unfold it, that's got to happen right away. We need to infuse that same kind of energy and urgency into the conversations that we have at work Mm -hmm. and for those of us that still have presentations with powerpoints whether they're leave behind i mean it's selling is changing and marketing is changing so the days of the powerpoint pitch are long behind us but if you can crystallize something if you can be a data storyteller in the best possible way you mm-hmm. can make someone, either through your words or a simple one-pager, you could make someone grasp the stakes, Yeah, understand who you're serving, understand the problem, understand the solution that you present and how you're going to make their life better. Yeah. And so what I do in the book, because understanding the principles and the takeaways from those principles 
are one thing, but then I try to bring it all together with tools and concepts that help people find, own, and shape the stories they need to tell for success. And because again, everything I did in this book was making the assumption that I am talking to people who do not consider themselves writers, but are at work. And even if you're not in sales, you are always selling something. Right. And how do you best express even your company story in a way that's going to help you to win at your job? Yep. And just internalizing the idea that you tell stories all the time. We all tell stories, you know, bringing that kind of mindset to what you're pitching, Mm -hmm. whether it's yourself or a need for new resources or you're selling something or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Like, I I would think I'm going to make an assumption that there's a little bit of the hurdle for the non-storytellers. But once you get them over that hurdle, they're like, oh, yeah, Yeah. you know, I get what this, you know, I get what you're saying. You know, I break it down into, in the same way I broke down the narrative arc into those four stages. Now, after the lessons, we get into like this storytelling and also what I call story asking. Because when you think like a writer and you think about dialogue, you have to be able to have your characters ask the right questions. because. In dialogue, if, you know, I were writing a script and I said, did you have a good day, Jennifer? Yes. You know, your answer is going to be yes. (laughs) But if I said, tell me about your day. Right. I'm giving you the opportunity to tell me things I didn't know. And to tell me things that are important to you because you're going to answer me uh, with a different lead. And in talking and then asking for more, I help people ask what is going to yield the most information so they can formulate that and kind of run it through a pasta machine. (laughs) That's, That's simple. By mixing a few things together, And come up with the dialogue that is going to help them win. I love it. Well, I want to say thank you for sharing that story with us and how to tell better stories. So thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners today. It was fun. And you gave me a couple of insights. So thank you. Give and take, man. It's a give and take. Well, (laughs) everything's reciprocal. Yeah, for sure. Our guest today was Deborah Burns. Her book is Authorize It, Think Like a Writer to Win at Work and Life. It's out. We're going to link to it in our show in notes. April, in April, in April. It's this out in April. Be out April. This is yes. going to be out in April. So there you go. It'll be up in March. And I'm sure as part of that, there will be pre-orders. But I hope, awesome. I hope all of your readers dive in. All your listeners become readers and dive in. I think they will. I know I will. So... Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.